by the way i like all your um analogies about leaving the iron on and um the smoke, <laughs> the smoke detector batteries and things I'm, I'm thinking you could build a whole um a whole story around that you could write a book it'd be like the one minute manager but more more domesticated <laughs> no i think you're right i have to consider that <laughs> to live more with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter. And today, Joe is interviewing Nikita Thigpen of Thig Pro Balance. Joe is introducing Nikita through Dawn of Lidwell Writing Services. Does our brilliant show notes for us, and Joe has since been a guest on Nikita's podcast, which purely con- coincidentally is likely to be published on the same day as this one. Nikita Thigpen, regarded as the number one balance and relationship advisor in the world, is the president and CEO of Thig Pro Balance and Relationship Management Institute, a global personal development company headquartered in the in Philadelphia, PA. From main stage keynotes through intense virtual cohorts and live micro retreats. Nikita and our team set out every day to inspire, equip and empower the willing, ambitious women and a few brave men who are ready to move beyond simply surviving the burnout of work and life and energy-zapping relationships into a space where you thrive in life, love and business. At ThigPro, they call this space of renewed possibilities of what life looks like with balance, your joy. As the host of her weekly podcast, Balance Boldly, and her new internet show airing in the fall, 2018, Kitchen Conversations, hashtag unfiltered, Nikita's on a mission campaigning to help women and a few, and a few brave men enjoy their life and work. Nikita's philosophy is give yourself permission to pause, invest in a little self-behaviour as you steady yourself for the greater, deeper work awaiting you on the next level of your success. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Nikita Thigpen of ThigPro Balance and Relationship Management Institute. So hi Nikita, great to have you with us. Thank you Joe. I'm excited to be here. I keep saying I must push this whole international podcast thing because I, I you're again over the pond, aren't you? It's your morning to my afternoon, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it is. I'm in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, inside the United States, and it is definitely a bright, sunny morning over here. Lovely, lovely. So tell us more about who you are, what you do, and where you do it. 
Sure. Um, so I am a CEO. I'm completely unapologetic in all of my ways. Uh, part of the way that I stand on the earth and stand in my power is I also have a podcast just like you. It's called Balance Boldly, uh, where I'm always focused on helping ambitious women who are kind of stuck in survival mode, just dealing with combating burnout in their work and their life, but they're not thriving. They're not thriving in love, in their life or in their businesses if they have them. And part of why we started Big Pro Balance and Relationship Management Institute, you know, my company with a super long name, uh, was to help, <laughs> right, was to help those women and a few brave men who are absolutely willing to break free from the expectations that are binding them and kind of keeping them stuck in that suffocation space. We just want people to embrace their, their truth and create boundaries around everything that they need so that they can create joy in their life. So, uh, the background of that is I'm a licensed clinical social worker for 20 plus years as a professional. Um, I came from a space of trauma, uh, sexual relationship therapy, human behavior and all that good stuff. And what I realized is as awesome as it was to kind of be the midwife for people in that very intimate space, kind of one on one or you know one to a family helping them through. There were so many other elements that as a clinician, I wasn't quote unquote, licensed to do, you know, within the guise of the hospitals that I worked at. So I had to break free from my own bind. So I'm literally teaching people to do what I did. Um, you don't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur to do that, but literally walking in your truth and embracing the destiny that you have. So that's kind of where we are. And tell us a bit more about how you do that. So what sort of um, activities you you create and, and deliver within the organization? Yeah, so we have micro retreats. Um, for me, a micro retreat is anything less than eight hours. So I try to give you a, an experience of a retreat in somewhere between three and eight hours um, where there's a lot of connection with the other people that are there, like actual intimate connections where you're building closeness. It's not the superficial networking of like, hey, throw me a business card. Tell me what you do. So I'll forget about it tomorrow. We promise to follow up and we never do. You know, like we wanted to create a space where. Exactly. We wanted to create a space where people feel safe. Um, so I have these permission to pause micro retreats um, that, again, extend from somewhere between three and eight hours. We're trying to create some of the overnight extensions of that where I can really walk people through our proprietary process. It's called the Joy Map Method. And we've been doing it for almost seven years under the guise of the business. I just kind of had different names for it. I, I know, Joe, you know, like I do, you kind of change names with what you think is sexy at the time. Permission to release your sex success and break barrier boot camp, you know, just all, all these different names. Um, but we settled on the simplicity of it, right? And I'm helping people create their balance and create their joy. So that's what the MAP method is. And often we'll offer that opportunity in an intensive that might be virtual because like you, a lot of our clients are from all over the globe and they can't necessarily come to Philadelphia um, for a 12 week program per se. So we have these intensives and accelerators where we do that with them. And if they can be in person in Philly, New York or Atlanta or somewhere that's quote unquote local for us that we can get to, we have this retreat experience for them to walk through that process. And where do you work generally yourself? So what sort of environment are you in on a daily basis? 
Oh, I have what, what people would call a laptop lifestyle. I think that's the phrase that these young folk are still using. I'm over 40 <laughs> now, so I'm trying to keep up. Um, <laughs> so I'm anywhere that myself and my laptop and my smartphone can be. So I have a home office inside my little apartment in Philly, but I travel a good bit. So sometimes I'm at a local coffee shop in Midtown Manhattan, New York. Uh, sometimes I'm, I have to be in San Francisco, California. You know, it really just depends on where I'm at, where the clients are, are calling me. And often I kind of lead from a space of keynoting and doing uh, being a featured speaker. So when I'm a speaker at, say, a, a women's conference in, I don't know, Delaware, um, that's traditionally where I get to spray seeds of my message, you know, spray seeds of why it's important to balance your life and your love and your business. Um, and when I do that, even though it might be in front of companies that are there, like people who are representing companies, those individual women typically come in and say either we need something like this at our company and hopefully they're an influencer or decision maker that can you know, help advocate for that process to happen in there, um, or they're just looking for their own help because they feel like they're suffocating where they are as well. So that's typically how, that, how I show up in the world. Yes, yeah. So you talked a bit already about why you do what you do. How do you prioritize that with your life as well so it sounds like you travel quite a bit um how, how do you sort of integrate that together or balance it i don't know what what terminology you'd use um you, you know your work side and your personal side yeah, um, for me, it, it truly is work-life balance. It's one of the messages that I, I'm kind of branded by. I'm like the balance queen on the East Coast. Um, and I believe that for honestly, your balance is just your truth over your boundaries. You know, I created a truth of wanting to give hope and, and healing to other brilliant women, you know, un, un, unapologetically, unabashedly. That's what I define myself as. I'm a brilliant woman who's also ambitious, who was really unbalanced, right? Like I was kind of um, a hot, I was a little bit of a hot mess. I was a brilliant hot mess, but I was a little bit of a hot mess. Um, and my truth was I wanted to help other people break free from that same thing and know that you could kind of have everything you want, just not at the same time. And you often have to redefine what it is that you really want. So for me, uh, you know, maybe five or six years ago, I said, oh, you know, I really don't want to have to travel because my husband doesn't like to travel. And I was kind of stuck in that, you know, we've been dating since we were 17. We've been married for over 20 years. So I was definitely like, oh, you know, if my husband can't go, then I'll have to do everything local. But my truth was I really wanted to travel. Right. Um, but I was telling people, I was like, oh, you know, I just want to kind of focus on the business and, and keep it here. You know, like I, I was playing small for lack of a better. Um, and that that was out of balance for me. So on paper, my life might have looked structured and organized and my calendar might have looked clean, but I was bound, you know, by trying to live to an expectation that first of all, honestly, Joe, he didn't ever even ask me to limit myself, but I just kind of thought as a good wife, you know, you shouldn't be traveling, you know, all over the world and leaving your family at home and the reality is he wanted the break from me. Okay, I'm a little special. So <laughs> He's like, please go, 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 go and grow and make that money and come back and let me miss you, you know? Um, yeah. So one, once I kind of figured out my own truth around even something as small as just my schedule, which was obviously tied to the thrivability of my business and, and what I'm destined to do and all that I want to, then I could really figure out, well, how do I want to do it knowing that I have two kids? Um, now, you know, as of right now for the last four months, I'm also a grandmom. So, you know, 
<laughs> I know, right? That's a, like a whole different world that I'm super, super learning and, you know, each taking baby steps, pun intended, with that. But when we started our business, my, it was seven years ago. My youngest is now 17. So we're talking, she was 10 years old and I was dealing with a preteen. I was dealing with a teen. And here I am trying to figure out how to manage a schedule and clients and the expectations of them calling you at six o'clock in the morning with pseudo crisis that weren't really crisis. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, just all of that. Meanwhile, trying to carpool the kids to school, you know, just kind of, you know, taking on all of those. And what I decided to do was to get real and honest about myself. You know, I could absolutely make this business amazing working 120 hours a week, replacing the 120 hours I did as a clinician who had two and three jobs, you know, who was trying to make, you know, a certain lifestyle savings for our family, you know, alongside my husband. Or I could say, you know what, that's not how I want to do it. So I put some very strict timeframes around myself on Mondays and Fridays, with the exception of those irreplaceable opportunities that I've been waiting for. You know, if Good Day Tamara, if Good Day America calls me and says, Nikita, we need you here Friday morning. Well, you know what? It's on my list of, you know, <laughs> savings that I want to perform on. So I'm going to, you know, make an exception. You know, it's not the rule, but it'll definitely be an exception. And I will be there in New York at 5 a.m. or whatever time. Um, but if someone says, oh, I just want to have coffee with you. And I could have been looking forward to having coffee. So, you know, I'm trying to put a little bit of a parallel, but the coffee meeting can be held on a Tuesday, a Wednesday or a Thursday, which are my networking days. It doesn't have to be put on the Friday that I specifically set aside for, that's when I do my podcast interviews. That's when I have what I call my lab day, when I'm working on the business and not in the business. So those days are very protected because the truth of what I want is to have a balanced schedule that I can enjoy. And I can decide if I'm going to cop a squat in my my little, you know, loft style apartment and kick my feet up and write on the couch or the kitchen table or at the desk, right? Versus feeling, you know, strapped to a specific um, space and place that I have to be in to do something like, oh, I have 16 hours, I have to get all this stuff in. I just didn't want that for my business. And I did it, Joe. Like I did that the first few years because I didn't know, I wasn't trained, I didn't have a coach or an advisor. I was just trying to keep up with the keep ups. You know what I mean? Like I was just kind of all, mm -hmm. all over trying to hit the numbers, um, you know, to justify the fact that I had left my career, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, right. And to help pay the bills. So once I kind of broke free from that, I was like, all right, Mondays and Fridays are your creative lab days that you can flow into your creative space in whichever way makes sense. Um, obviously I, you know, do interviews on Fridays. I have certain things. I have very few exceptions to the rule, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I have office hours. So unless you are a private VIP client, which I only take a couple of those a year, just because of my own bandwidth, my own personal bandwidth, because I give so much to my private clients, as I know that I kind of top out at about seven people. So I limit it to three to five. Like I don't actually allow the top out point because I don't want to max out of my personal energy yeah. and then start, you know, start to regret the people that you've been wanting to work with. Cause I'm like, oh man, another phone call. Like, no, I want to be excited that Lisa's calling or Tina's calling. Like I want to look forward to it. Um, mm -hmm. So I take, 
three to five private clients a year. Um, now they might get me at 5.30 a.m. because they're VIPs, right? Like they have access to me at a, at a very different point uh, within reason. Like I have sessions as early as 5.30 a.m., but not at 5 a.m. Like I have, you know, have some barriers and boundaries around that too. I'm a morning person, I'm not an evening person. So there's very few exceptions to evening events that I attend as well as even in appointments that I'll take. It's very few exceptions. Yeah. Um, which is kind of how I, to answer your question, is kind of how I, I balance it a little bit is mm -hmm. my family my family has access to my schedule so they can see how crazy my day is or, you know what, mom, I see that you're open from 12 to 2. Can we do lunch today? You know, whatever it is. And we just kind of work with it. Yeah, yeah. So you sound quite structured with that now. How does that um, play into get, making sure you get done what you need to get done? How do you manage your to-do list, your tasks? Yeah, so I used to do, and, and I kind of still do it, so I don't want to be a liar. I used to be really strict about the Eisenhower matrix. Um, yeah. For, yeah, so I know you're familiar with it, but for any listener who isn't, it's kind of a four square grid. You know, there you move from having a box of like writing down your quick wins, you know, what can you get done as fast as possible that will give you the, the highest turnover, you know, whether it's not necessarily money, but you know, that will give you the quickest win and your momentum and your time. So I still... I still go by that because momentum honestly helps you speed down that hill a little bit faster to take on those bigger, you know, maybe arduous tasks that you aren't looking forward to, like yeah. fixing, your, fixing your website when your web guy isn't available, you know, whatever. Um, so I will do the smaller, quicker win. Um, and I start my mornings with that, truly. Um, I don't really focus on as much like I'm not rigid about the matrix in terms of the delegate and delete part of it. I do use that system. But what I did is I kind of adapted it and I created just a one sheet that I had that I keep in a binder. And I just honestly, I just look at it. Sometimes I write all over it in no particular order. But I put um, on the left side of the column from Monday through Friday because I do try not to work, you know, more than a few hours on the weekend just because of the family and other obligations. Sometimes yeah. that's not a possibility. That's just what it is. But I try not to make that the rule either. Um, so Monday through Friday, I have on the left side of the paper, what is critical? Critical is the house is going to burn down if you don't get this done. That's one, maybe two things in that day that is absolutely critical for the business um, or, you know, or for my life. So it's critical, critical for me to get my mammogram. Right. Like, no, you don't put that off. You get that done. <laughs> You're over 40 now. Get it together. Um, you know, or, or whatever else might be critical in your, you know, the life side of your day where the house is going to literally catch on fire in your mind if you don't get it done. And I do limit that to one or two things. On the right side of that paper, I have the urgent towards the, the top right, and then I have important towards the bottom right. The urgent things for me, um, they're really part of that, for the Eisenhower matrix, that kind of major project side that's, you know, you're familiar with it, but on the, the grid, that's the things that's like leaving your iron on when you're, you're not home. It's not smart to leave your iron on. Uh, but assuming that you didn't leave it face down on fabric, you can send somebody to your house to go turn that off. Right. Like, you know, so that might be something that I have to delegate over a little bit and say, hey, to, to my virtual assistant, I need you to go check the so and so, because I think that that's something that might 
um, you know, cause a little bit of a ripple. So like, let's get to it. It's definitely something we want to get to this week, but it doesn't necessarily have to be done today. And it definitely doesn't have to be done by me necessarily. But the important stuff, those are the things like putting the batteries in your smoke detector. That's the stuff that prevents the fire from ever becoming urgent or critical in the first place. Um, and those are things that I definitely want to try to, you know, finish up at some point. Most likely I'm delegating all the important stuff. I'm handling personally the critical and I'm getting support with the urgent. Um, and that's where team comes in. Just having a small team, like our team isn't big. Our company is not, you know, a hundred thousand people. We have myself, my husband, who is a shareholder and partner who was actually fired by me a couple of years ago from, <laughs> from, I was like, listen, let's save our marriage. Like you're fired, you're still, you know, owner, you're still shareholder, you know, obviously you have a stake in the company. He wants us to succeed, but I could tell from his energy, he's great, by the way, he's fantastic at what he does, but I could tell the energy wasn't behind him with doing it. And it was also limiting his opportunity to go and grow and do what he was destined for, yeah. which wasn't necessarily to work in the same room with his wife all day. So um, <laughs> he, you know, he still steps in Joe, like he just recreated some updated business cards for us. He'll, if I have a proposal that's due, say a company is like, oh, we wanna, you know, we want the joy map method here, but we wanna, you know, customize it and tweak it. Well, we try to make those proposals very custom and add, you know, design and logo and stuff. I can't do that stuff. So uh, instead of trying to farm it out and outsource it and wait a half, have to wait a week or pay a bunch of expedited fees, he'll just jump on it and bang it out in a few hours. Yeah. Um, just because he loves me. He's not being paid for it. He just loves me. So that's why he does it. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I have a virtual assistant um, who has an agency so she can, you know, delegate stuff within her team if it's transcribing or whatever, a podcast yeah. manager. And, you know, the awesome Dawn Lidwell from Lidwell Writing. That's uh, right. <laughs> she handles all of our show notes for our podcast. So that's that's literally our team, with the exception of some other, you know, outsourced projects here and there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what about... Um sort of tools and apps for you personally getting stuff done by the way I like all your um analogies about leaving the iron on and um the smoke, <laughs> smoke detector batteries and things I'm, I'm thinking you could build a whole um a whole story around that you could write a book it'd be like the one minute manager but more more domesticated <laughs> no, no I think you're right I have to consider that <laughs> you can tell what I do in my my home life right um I will say for my personal apps, which is a great question, because you know, in these days you have like a ton. If I was strapped on an island and needed, you know, just three or four tools that I had to run the business from and I couldn't use anything else, I would definitely say my Acuity, um, Acuity calendar, which is, a, it's kind of like the Calendly or the book that me, but it's called Acuity. Yeah. Um, I need my calendar system, man. You know, it just, it saves us from the back and forth emails of what time works for you. You know, it just, it really truly helps. Um, especially with segmenting the type of appointment, which I know you appreciate too. So yeah. uh, my calendar is definitely one. Um, Dropbox is my number two for sure. Cause you know, that's, that's the cloud file cabinet, you know, for enable all that traveling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and you can pull it up from your mobile and just sync it. Like, I really enjoy that. I would say um, ifttt.com. If this, then that. Um, have you ever used that, Joe? 
Yeah, I do use it for a couple of things. I tend to use Zapier for a lot of uh, my automation, but uh, IFTTT does a few things that Zapier doesn't, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, and I'm kind of reverse, so I use Zapier for just a couple of things, but I use IFTTT for yeah. so much more. And it's free, isn't it? <laughs> and, and yeah, exactly. And it's free. Um, and that, honestly, was something I outsourced. I had someone put, you know, I was like, I need to be able to do ABC, XYZ, and they gave me way more than I wanted. I went on Fiverr.com and I think it was like $15 and they created like 75 um, links or zaps, whatever you want to call it, that they set up for me, which was great. Um, And so it it helps with everything from my morning Monday question that I post on LinkedIn every Monday that we get nice engagement with. And I set that up three years ago. I'm like, I don't even remember that question, but I set it up on IFTTT last, you know, three years ago when people are still responding to us, which is awesome. Um, And I would say maybe my fourth one is probably the probably Freed Camp, which is our project manager system, um, similar to an Asana or a Basecamp. It's just a lot more end user friendly. And I really, really enjoy the company. The owners are pretty awesome guys. That's a good one. I've I did a lot of looking around. Um, I use Asana, but it doesn't entirely work as I like. Um, and I, I looked at a load of others. I think I did look at Freed Camp, but uh, I came back to Asana because I couldn't really find anything that I preferred. But maybe I need to look again. It's one of those things that I think for project management systems, sometimes the moving is just annoying because you don't have to move all your stuff. Right. Like, yeah, you know, you're just it's kind of like having that closet system in your house that is a little chaotic to someone else. But for you, you know where everything is. So why change it? So if it's working for you, keep it. (laughs) I love that you've come up with another house analogy. (laughs) I know. I sound like Beaver the Cleaver's wife or something. Like, I don't know. It's quite hilarious. Considering I will be honest, Joe, and say my husband is way more domestic than I am. He, he's like, he does all the washing and the steaming and he's so much better at cleaning than I am. He taught me how to cook when I was 19. Like he's so much better at this stuff than I am. But I, I think he's kind You're of You're aspiring, with obviously, him. with all these. I am. You have I'm, to play I'm aspiring. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Oh, excellent. So. Let's talk a bit about um, self-care. It sounds like you have quite a hectic life, but then you've also crafted it in recent years. But obviously now, as you say, you've got you've got a little uh, grandchild into the mix yeah. as well now. How, and you do the traveling and everything else. So how do you make sure that you're healthy and well enough to do what you need to do? Yeah, I mean, my routine is a little bit more arduous than probably most people. So I have a rare autoimmune disease that um, should have left me in a lot worse position than it has. I got diagnosed in 2014 after years of, you know, doctors saying, you know, you're anxiety. You're just a woman of childbearing years. Let's put you on some uh, stress management, you know, medications and for depression and, you know, all this kind of crap that had nothing to do with what was going on with my body. Pesky um, autoimmune, eh? They they never diagnose them right away, do they, if ever? They, they don't, and especially with women, because they immediately right. put you in the box and say that, oh, oh you're a woman with ambition. You're, you're just yeah. um, anxious or stressed. Like, let's give yeah. you some antidepressants, which, yeah. now, mind you, as a clinician, I appreciate an antidepressant. Like, I'm not mad at that at all. But yeah. it's yeah. definitely, you know, don't throw darts in the dark is always, you know, yeah. my philosophy with things, especially when so many things have side effects that you won't know. Is it the side effect 
or a new symptom that's showing up from whatever it is that's actually yeah. going on with you. So mm -hmm. um, I'm a I'm a natural trained homeopath. Um, I was raised a sort of natural as well, but they weren't like my grandmother wasn't necessarily a guru with essential oils and that kind of thing. But when this illness kind of took over and no one could tell me what was going on. Um, and then when I got diagnosed, I was relieved but very disheartened when they were putting me on 10, 12 medications a day in my 30s. Like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Um, that's not sexy. And selfishly, I enjoy being sexy and taking all that medication every day just wasn't in alignment with that. So um, I started treating myself um, about nine months in after the steroids and all that kind of good stuff. So part of my routine today is reflective of what I need to do to stay healthy. So I'm really, really rigid with food because I have a lot of intolerances and a lot of allergies that cause extra inflammation in my body, which kind of starts the snowstorm of, you know, everything just kind of going out of whack and can put, you know, basically put me in the hospital because of a flare and all that. So I yeah. eat extremely clean. Like I don't, I'm not just gluten-free. Someone asked me, was I vegetarian or vegan? I was like, well, I'm like a meat eating vegan who's gluten-free, who still can't <laughs> eat everything that they eat like that. You know, like, so it's like, I, there's no label for me yet. Um, I, I don't have preservatives. I don't have artificial color. I don't have artificial flavor. I don't take corn, canola oil. I mean, there's just so many things that for my personal body, I've learned don't, you know, it just isn't healthy for me. Yeah. Um, so my Self-care involves me paying attention to my body. Um, my fit tonic is nature. I love to be in nature. Now, sometimes because of Philadelphia weather, I can't necessarily go for a 30 or 45 minute walk, you know, brisk walk into the city. Um, I used to be a runner, so I'm always like aspiring to get back there, but my my knees and my back haven't caught up to my aspirations. So um, <laughs> right. It's, they're not quite there. I'm working on it though, Joe. I'm working on it. It's just not quite there yet. Um, so if I can't get outside, um, I have a little rebounder. It's probably the size of, you know, a small satay couch. Like it's really small that I can just jump on for 15 or 20 minutes and just kind of sweat and work it out. And I open up my windows. I have a big, beautiful tree outside so I can almost fake myself into thinking that I'm outside if, you know, <laughs> if the weather's horrible and I can't be. Um, so exercise is really important for me. I would love to say that I do rigorous cross you know, CrossFit and HIT and all kinds of things. And I don't. Um, I used to. <laughs> you know, yeah, we might believe it. <laughs> right. I know. Right. Like, And I don't. Like, I used to be, like, super advocate about sweat to you sparkle. Like, you know, do it. And I do believe that you should if you can. I just learned that I started to have injuries and other things that would limit me and make me feel defeated after. So I was like, all right. I guess I'm going to have to, you know, pull it back to Pilates and yoga and some things that maybe aren't necessarily involving pl plyometrics where I'm jumping up and down and falling hard on my knees. It's just it doesn't work for me mm -hmm. at this hour of my life. I'm still very hopeful, but in this hour. Um, so, you know, having fitness, eating clean, hydrating, obviously. Um, and I would honestly say a big thing for me are the little tiny rituals that I created. Like I start every morning, no matter what, including this morning when it's 90 some degrees with a hot cup of peppermint tea. Like it's, it's my thing and it kicks off my, my remind, like my mental reminder to drink today. Cause with part of my autoimmune is I don't have an appetite and I don't get thirsty. Like I have to remind myself, like by the time I realize I'm thirsty, if I haven't been giving myself cues or reminders, I'm like 
you know, two seconds from needing an IV in my arm because I'm not naturally thirsty. Um, So, so like just kicking off that, okay, Nikita, you know, a sip of living water, you know, four or six ounces of living water in the morning as soon as I rise. But that's not a good trigger for me because that's kind of, you know, habitual to me. It's like brushing your teeth. So I needed something a little more. And I was like, you know what? I love tea. I love tea. Um, I'm really a black tea girl, but I don't want to kick off, you know, six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning with caffeine that early. So I just started implementing peppermint tea or rooibos. Um, is my alternate if I'm out of peppermint tea because my daughter's kind of picked up on it too. So sometimes she surprises me and drinks all the tea before I can finish it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I just kind of kick it off like that. And I take a lot of naps. Um, I'm a big napper. It's, you know, 20, 30 minutes, not a, you know, not anything egregious, but I believe in listening to my body. So when I can, if I'm in a safe space, like not in the airport, not on a train, you know, I'm very careful where I take a nap. Um, but I believe in just shutting off everything, setting a, a quick alarm and, you know, so I can wake up and get back into the rhythm and take a 30 minute nap and get some sleep. Like sleep is so important for me. Like I can't stress it enough. It's just so important. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. You sound really uh, busy, hectic, um, but clearly you're building in opportunities to relax. So the sleeping and some of that, the, the rituals. Is there anything else that you do specifically to ensure that that happens? Yeah, I mean, my and, and part of why I'm so, quote unquote, busy and productive in my day is because my life matches my clients. Right. Like they're all brilliant unbalanced, ambitious women. And I'm no different. I've just learned to build a toolkit of balanced tools that I apply, figure out what works. The thing that worked on Tuesday might not work on Friday, right? Like, you know, just being able to flex it and customize it to myself. And I give myself anywhere from two to 90 minutes of permission to pause a day. Um, Sometimes, honestly, Joe, it's just two minutes. I might only have two minutes to just breathe in deep, and enjoy, you know, all the blessings that I have to be completely grateful for everything, to praise God for what I have, including just the fact that I have cognition of mind. Because there was a time where neurologically, because of my autoimmune, I couldn't even remember how to say my name. So I I know what it feels like to, to lose and have your body betray you. And sometimes my two minutes is just thank you, God, that I am aware of this moment. Thank you for the mobility of my limbs. Thank you for no back pain this morning. OK, you know, like just thank you for that. And it might be two minutes of that and then off to the races. Sometimes I get 90 minutes in where I can put my feet up. I can cuddle with my husband for 20 minutes and, you know, get on his nerve while he's trying to watch his boxing match or something. <laughs> Uh, you know, asking him questions he would rather me not ask because I don't really care and he knows it, but I'm just like doing it to get under his skin. Um, and and I love to read. So whether it's, I prefer a paper book, but if, you know, if I'm traveling or something and I just couldn't pack all that, I'll open up the audio book or throw on a Kindle um, and do something, but just, you know, literally always learning and having that time to be connected. Like connection mm-hmm. is really important. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, just starting with me, like let me connect to me first and then I kind of extend out from there. Yeah. So tell us more about the the reading and the improving yourself. Do you do you read fiction, nonfiction? How does the balance work? Yeah. No, I'm a nonfiction girl all day long. Um, and I will say that most of the books that I've read have been self improvement, personal transformation, um, you know, self help, 
kind of relationship stuff because I'm naturally just attracted to that, always learning, always trying to find new tools and resources for myself, as well as, you know, the people that I work with. But I just started, and this is like 2018, just got into autobiographies. Um, and of course, I read a lot of business books too, which is kind of just natural par for the course. But I just started autobiographies and I have a new love. Like I'm really enjoying this other level. And I have to say, Gabrielle Union's uh, We We Need More Wine is like phenomenal. Like every every woman in the world needs to read that book. It's amazing. Lovely. Excellent. Well, that's on the list now. So any others? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that was an autobiography one and it's it's sexy and it's soulful, it's honest and it's raw, so it's awesome. Uh, my favorite book to recommend to everyone, and I send it as part of the welcome pack for all new clients, is Gay Hendrix, The Big Leap. Um, I don't think it's ever been a more simple book written. I think it's super simplistic. You don't have to, you know, pull out of Saurus to look up the words. Like, you know, you could just read it, but it's very connected to you understanding your worth and tapping into your zone of genius like it's a phenomenal book that's not necessarily trying to tell you what your purpose is but help you understand that it's already inside and you just have to be willing to kind of leap into yourself to you know discover what's what's already been there so yeah. i highly recommend recommend that book lovely another one too is that the one has it got a fish jumping out of a yeah. fish bowl on yes it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's one of those books that you know every three or four years you just got to pull it back out and read it cover to cover because it, mm. it it's it sits with you and you know you forget some things as you move on and life takes over but it's a really really good read. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. So you talked a bit about your ritual of your um, mint tea in the morning um, and we talked a bit about sort of routines. What, what what do you do to make sure that you do keep things going on a regular basis that you sustain what you've decided you're going to do? I am not afraid to change it up. Like I will say that and it sounds like weird when you think about rituals and routines because you want it to be regular but I have a little adult ADD. I'm not ashamed to say that. It's not diagnosed but self-diagnosing myself. Um, can't sit still, can't do the same thing too long over and over, at least not in the same order. So I've forgiven myself a long time ago for the fact that somewhere between every six and maybe 12 weeks, depending on what it is, I need to change it up, um, which is why I started adding the rooibos tea into the mix, right? I was like, okay, I need to, you know, I need a new flavor in the morning. <laughs> like, let's, let's see. And I've been okay with just kind of rotating them too. Sometimes I'll add almond milk, sometimes I won't. Like, it's just sometimes it's the little thing to the routine. Um, and for me is I work, I push past that resistance point. Because I think everyone, when you're creating your own ritual and routine, whatever works for you, like I have a power up and routine in the morning and I have a power down routine at night, which involves me getting in bed and rubbing my feet on the floor, kind of connecting to earth and do it. I have all these little weird things that I do um, before I get in the bed. But then I'm okay with the fact that once I hit that resistance, which is about two to three weeks into me doing something consistent, I'm trying to talk myself out of doing it or to change it. Well, I know that that's my resistance point. It's just something that I've learned about me and paying attention to like, all right, Nikita, you're resisting continuing this just because you're trying to talk yourself out of it, period, even though it could actually be working for me. So once I get past that two or three week period and just do it for at least another 10 days, 
if then I still feel like mm, I'm not getting energy from this or it's not calming me, what you know, whatever the routine was supposed to do to calm me down or to, you know, to pick me up, then I will change it and I'll alter it with something as small as, you know, what I was joking with with the tea. All right, I'm, I don't really add honey or sugar or anything to my tea, you know, unless I'm sick. So I typically would just add a little almond milk. Sometimes it's cinnamon and nutmeg. Sometimes it's just a little change to that one task or behavior. Um, for people who have routines like, uh, what, what do people do? They leave their sneakers by their bed so that when they get up in the morning, they'll put them on and they'll go for a run or they'll go exercise, right? Yeah. Um, well, after you've done that and then you feel like you're hitting a resistance point where you're getting out of bed, but you're not putting on your sneakers, you're actually waddling around the house for a little bit for 20 minutes trying to talk yourself into putting on your secrets like once you know what I mean like once you realize that you're hitting this point you know work yourself through it for a couple of more days you know three to five days just to kind of see is this resistance or is it because it's actually not working for me anywhere because of mm -hmm. the spirit of neuroplasticity your your brain is wired to be connected to habits and it protects you from change but the change might be necessary for you to go to the next level. Um, so it's just I kind think, of being mindful of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I um, I do that all the time, start routines, have sort of various things that I do on a daily basis and then change them, as you say. I think that's a great bit of advice to push through and just see whether that's, as you say, the resistance or whether you do need to change. So thank you for that. That was good. So You're welcome. What about about those days where things don't go right, where you have a, a bad day and it's all gone horribly wrong? How do you deal with those? Oh, yeah. You know, those days you just can't control the fires. Um, yeah. I mean, we have them more often than we would like to. Right. So one of the things that I do after I've just dealt with the fact, OK, A went wrong, B went sideways and C should have never even come up. Right. You know, after you kind of just kind of dealt with whatever it was. Um, I forgive myself, Joe. Like I forgive myself for the humanity that might have allowed me to be angrier than I wanted to, you know, earlier in the day, especially if it's family related stuff. You know, the people closest to you kind of catch your wrath, you know, in a way that <laughs> clients and, you know, corporate partners and strategic partners will, will never see that um, or hopefully never see that. So I forgive myself for it first. Um, I see who, who do I need to apologize to, to correct the behavior. If it in fact is de dealing with some kind of miscommunication, lack of communication or over communication of my emotions, because they didn't necessarily ask for that. They might, my daughter might've said, mom, I need you to, you know, pick something up from the store. And I was like, I'm not picking up anything from the store, you know, like just being, <laughs> well, she didn't ask for that. And it wasn't necessarily necessary. So I may have to apologize for the over communication of it. So I kind of, take a mental note of where do I need to correct it for the next time, which might start with a, an apology. I know my family yeah. told me forever, like, you don't know how to apologize. Like, you just, yeah. like, your apologies are not genuine because I would apologize by saying, like, I'm sorry if you feel that way, right? Like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, you know, yeah. like, I would do those kind of very recordable, I call them recordable apologies, like you're being recorded. So you're trying to cover yourself in case someone <laughs> says, oh, well, you you actually did take the blame for that. Like you agreed that you were guilty. I'm like, no, actually, I didn't. I said I was sorry if you felt that way, you know, like I was kind of always <laughs> talking like that. Um, <laughs> so I'm working. <laughs> exactly. So I'm working really hard at not, you know, talking to people that I love and that I trust with my life as if I'm being recorded, you know, for everything. Yeah. So I, yeah. I do take kind of an account for that. 
um, in the evening when that day didn't go right. Um, Cause typically if something didn't go right in business, my family might catch it, you know, like they might catch a little bit of the attitude or I'm not as loving when I chop up the chicken, you know, I'm leaving big chunks in there that I know that normally I shred the chicken. And this time I'm like, no, I'm just going to, I don't care. You eat it. You know, like <laughs> I'm just not putting as much loving my food or something. So I do take note of that. Um, and if I need to, I will brain dump it. Like I'll dump it on a piece of paper. Like this is what happened. This is how you can correct it. Like if, it, if it's a lot of stuff in my head, I do get it out of my head so that I can make room for my peace, which is really important, you know, for me to sleep because I love my sleep. So for me to sleep and not have all that stuff ruminating in my dreams and me working while I'm trying to sleep in my head and all that, I have to dump it out. So that's that's honestly how I deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Great, thank you. So what about a day when you end the day knowing you've had the chance to live more? And I mean by that the time to do the stuff that you want to do, not the stuff that you feel you have to do or you should do. What What's that day look like for you? Like when I've actually done what I want? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my fun day. Um, so that day, if I'm home, like if I'm, you know, in my home, that day definitely involves lovemaking because I'm a big advocate for that. So um, I just have to make sure my husband is in agreement in this consensual because you know after 40 he was like i don't know what happened to you but it's ridiculous your libido is like through the roof i'm like yep yeah, it sure is but it makes my day happy so <laughs> as long as it's consensual you know i make sure that that's on the list um obviously my my personal routines of you know being connected to nature if that's a nice walk into the city which is about 35 40 minutes of a walk you know each direction um, things like that. Obviously, working with at least a few clients and having them have some powerful shift in their mindset is phenomenal. Like I get such a high from being able to help someone invest in themselves and you mm. know really pour in. And you know, if they've broken free from something, oh, it's like the the best oxytocin high in the world. So. Um, that's really honestly a perfect day before my grandbaby. Now, now that I have a grandbaby, spending <laughs> time with her because it is very different than when it was just my kids, you know, because you were a 24 hour paranoid that you were not screwing up your own children. Um, <laughs> well, now that I have this beautiful grandbaby that I can just love on and pray that my son and his girlfriend don't screw her up, you know, like I can just pray for them and they don't live with me. So that's extra awesome. And I just get to spend hours with her making her laugh and enjoying her curiosity and, you know, kind of where she is. That makes a beautiful day if I've like done everything I wanted because I've mattered to someone who doesn't even know how important she is in the world yet. And it's yeah. very similar to how I am with the women that I work with. They don't even, under, they might've had successful careers and you know the white picket fence, the house, the bank account and all of that, but they still don't know how important they are in the world yet. And that's part of my role on this earth is to help them see their value and their desirability and their worth. So from the smallest, you know, four month old moment with my baby girl, my, well, she's not my girl, but you know, I call her my baby girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Up to, the, you know, the 60 year old young lady that I have the opportunity to pour into. That's a perfect day. Lovely. Thank you. I don't think. I've ever had a perfect day described in 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 quite that way, particularly, I guess, given you're a relationship management institute um, person. <laughs> <laughs> the, beginning, the beginning of that had to be in there. But uh, yeah, no, lovely. And uh, as you say, the, the concept of 
of, of babies not understanding anything about really themselves at that time is is really insightful about uh, the way I guess they behave and, and absorb what we're giving them but not understanding anything at the moment or we think they don't they probably understand a lot more than we think <laughs> so true so true <laughs> so it's been brilliant interviewing you Nikita I really have enjoyed it and some great insight and uh, some great analogies as we said around household things <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which I won't forget um, but tell people how they can find out more about you and connect with you yeah, absolutely. Thank you again, Joe. I'm so honored by this time with you. So I really appreciate you on so many levels. And I can't wait to have you on the Balance Boldly podcast um, yeah, as well, which we're already set up for. I know. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, so the best way for anyone who wants to go a little further with just kind of learning who I am and what I do is go to our website at thigpro.com. T-H-I-G-Pro.com. Um, if you have a direct question for me, just because you are part of Joe Dodd's audience, uh, email me directly at asknikita at thigpro.com. And you can find me on most social media platforms, IG, Twitter, Facebook, um, at Balance Boldly, which is the name of the podcast. So we're, I'm at Balance Boldly on everything, with the exception of LinkedIn. I'm under my full you know, government name, Nikita Thigpen. Um, mm -hmm. But I would say that's that's where to go is just kind of get to know us, listen to the podcast, uh, make sure that you email Joe and tell her that you love this episode. So she'll be extra excited to come to Balance Boldly for Ambitious Women because we can't wait to have her there. And we'll just move, move and we'll flow from there. Lovely. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Nikita. Thank you, Joe. Have an amazing day. All this information is available in the show notes on the website. If you use the link powertolivemore.com forward slash in this case 69, then you'll be able to get to those show notes. And I remember that I think I started a couple of weeks ago saying that I was going to share tools with you during this section of the podcast that I share on my weekly newsletter. And I'm not sure I did it last week, so I may have completely forgotten. <laughs> so um, I will do that now. So I've been talking in my newsletter about the fact that I've been away camping in my caravan for the last couple of weeks and the tool that I recommended is uh, a mobile device because the trip away has reminded me yet again of how powerful a smartphone can be when you need to get stuff done on the go. In fact, on my to-do list I use tags that allow me to filter my tasks to show just those that I can complete on my iPhone amongst other tags. And that way, when I'm out and about, I don't get distracted with those things that I can only do on my laptop or at my desk. So right this minute, it's uh, into the evening. I've only got battery power left on my laptop because I'm in a field in the middle of nowhere with um, only solar power. And so I'm literally focusing on the tasks that I have on my to-do list that I can only do on my laptop because I know I've got probably an hour and a half before I lose the battery and then once that's out of the way I can then go on and do some other stuff um, or perhaps just stop working which would be the sensible plan. <laughs> um, so yeah the ta I use tags in my to-do list that say iPhone offline and online so that when I'm out and about I can just go straight to those things and do those things whilst I'm I don't know on the train going into London or sat waiting for a meeting or whatever uh, and then the other tasks I'll get to when I'm, you know, in a different environment with more technology at my disposal. So I am a bit spoilt at the moment because I've got a, an iPad Pro that's got a really big screen, which lets me get stuff done really in, as an alternative to the laptop. So I've honed my tagging system to enable me to distinguish between my phone, my iPad and the laptop. And that's really working well for me. 
And it is a reminder that being flexible when you create systems is key. So dogmatically sticking to the way you've always done something isn't the most productive way to work. So I didn't used to have an iPad tag in my to-do list, but now I do because obviously that's another alternative that will help me to get stuff done, you know, in the right way at the right time and all that sort of thing. So hopefully you've found that useful. If you haven't already uh, downloaded my report, which is about the best five productivity apps for your mobile devices, then if you go to my website, engagementandwellbeing.com, under the download section, you should be able to get access to that. So to remind you, the show notes for this week's show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 69. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.